The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now your host, Paul Leslie. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the man we're joined by, Rod Picot, is coming out with a new album. It's called Out Past the Wires. It's also going to have a book of corresponding short stories. He's been called Americana of the highest order. Thank you so much for making the time to talk with us. Oh, I'm thrilled. I appreciate the uh, appreciate the opportunity. So, how important is it, Rod, to be real? Oh, Jesus, the most important thing. I mean, I think everything in every in every art form comes from that very center of being real. You know, it it uh, expands into all the all the pieces of, of what you do. You you write about what you know. And uh, you know the reader or the listener can can hear if you're uh, if you're not being real if you're talking about something that you don't know. It's it's uh, people's detectors are sharper than I think some people think. <laughs> you know, there's lots and lots of people. They're doing some type of job, and then they're hoping one day that they get this bliss of following what their heart desires. Yeah. Would you say? when you look at your past life in terms of, of the job that you the jobs that you had before and then this path of being an artist uh, performing recording singer songwriter would you say that this life is easier uh, no it's much harder <laughs> it's actually harder yeah I mean it's it's a lot more complicated because there are a lot of moving parts in in uh you know, being a performing artist, you know, from making records to writing to touring to uh, trying to get publicity. You know, there are a lot of different pieces. It's much more complicated. Uh, when I was working in the construction world, you know, it was very, very simple. I was I was good at my job. Uh, I put my eight hours in and I went home and I didn't think about it, you know. Uh, but uh, being a performer and, and particularly being a touring performer, the job never ends. You know, I, I got home from Europe last night at 11 o'clock and I was up at six o'clock this morning, uh, back at work, you know, it, it never ends. So it's, 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 it's much more complicated and it's a much more difficult job. Yeah. Tell us about some of your influences. Oh, they're quite wide ranging. I, I was, you know, I, I always feel sort of fortunate when I think about the time that I was born. I was born in 1964. So by the time I got obsessed with music, I was, you know, seven or eight years old. And it was so, it was such a beautiful time in, in music because you had all that Motown stuff. You had the R&B stuff uh, out of Philadelphia. Uh, you had singer songwriters like Jackson Brown and, and Neil Young. And uh, so I feel I feel fortunate to uh, have, you know, have been born when I when I was born. So the influences are really wide ranging. You know, it's 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 all that great AM pop radio when I was a little kid that I loved. Uh, I loved the soul singers, you know, I loved Marvin Gaye and, and uh, Otis Redding and those guys for whatever reason, you know, a kid from Maine who'd think. So those are de those are definitely influences in in terms of a. Uh, performance you know in terms of sort of giving yourself to the performance in terms of writing it's a little bit different because um, my writing influences as far as songwriting goes 
come more from you know the singer songwriter world uh, particularly bands that had a great songwriter so so you know bruce springsteen and the e street band and tom petty and and uh, even guys like bob seeger who i don't think gets enough gets as much credit as he should for being for being a great writer he wrote some absolutely great stuff neil young so there were there was that sort of early period and then later later a little bit later on when i was a teenager the clash was a big influence uh, i loved the how dynamic that band was and i loved that joe strummer you know put his politics right right out in front and uh and later on um i suppose the influences were people who used economy of language so beautifully like Gillian Welch and Guy Clark and uh, even maybe Chris Christopherson and, and people like that. So it's, it's a wide range. Lucinda Williams. I love her. Her writing is, is just beautiful. So it's a wide range. So you have this new album out, out past the wires. What are you trying to create in the studio? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I mean, um, you know, there's a I travel solo, so there's always this sort of uh, <laughs> dichotomy between you know playing the solo show, just standing there with a the guitar and making a recording. With this record, we wanted to do something that was very rangy. We wanted to have real rockers on there that that felt cathartic and were defiant, uh, and we also wanted to have you know sort of my stock and trade is the sort of <laughs> whispery ballad, you know. Mm-hmm. We set out intentionally to have a w- really wide range across this record. And uh, I love records that are, I love albums that are like that, you know, that feel like a, a giant collection that, that while it all sits together, there's a lot, lot of different songs and different styles and different things happening on the record. As long as it hangs together, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's an important part of it and so i had written a lot i had a lot of material i had 78 songs to pull from to make wow. this wow you said 78 songs i did yeah i had 78 <laughs> goodness <laughs> it's very very impossible it seems for songwriters to pick a favorite song for example a favorite song from an album sure but if you had to pick a song that would represent the album. In other words, you had just one that you could present to people. Which one would it be? Um, I would say on this record, uh, there's a song called Little Things that is not one of the bigger tracks, but in a way, the message of the song kind of represents the, the record. Uh, there's a sense of of trying to hold on to the gratitude, you know, that I have and for the place that I've been able to put myself in and work myself into. And, and so that, that's a song about uh, just being grateful and trying to remember to be grateful. And, and, uh, and that's a theme that runs through the record. And so I would say, I would say little things kind of represents the record, even though it's one of the smaller songs and there's a lot of rockers um, towards the front end of the record. But, um, but that theme, pops up there are two themes in the, on the record and one is gratitude and the other is the sort of sense of defiance uh, i love artists and and just people in general who who fight for what they really believe in fight for who they are you know if you know what i mean um 
as as a person and uh, as a human being walking through the world. I, I love that that sense in people when they when they fight for their place in the world. I admire it. Tell us about the short stories. Uh, the short stories, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting evolution. Um, I got sort of obsessed with with writing poetry, and so that was the first move towards a different kind of writing. I've been writing songs since I was uh, about sixteen or seventeen years old. Although I don't think I wrote a good song until I was probably thirty. But the uh, so I sort of got obsessed with with poetry through watching this wonderful reading of uh, Jim Harrison, who's this great writer and, and great poet and the, and the reading was so captivating and I sort of just started exploring that and from there it just felt like a natural turn towards short stories it felt like uh, not that I was repeating myself but I started to this is my ninth studio record and I started to wonder if I was approaching repeating myself you know with using the same themes and and I wondered if I could expand on some of the characters and if there was space to do that and um so that so i just kind of i just sort of put my hand to it and um and started writing and and uh, i found it very natural and 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 uh very um engaging the the process of of making it trying to make a story come to fruition and sort of have that punch at the end and uh, it's been great fun yeah what's the greatest compliment you've received could be from another <laughs> artist could be a fan during one of the breaks, whatever. What's what's something that's really blown you away? You know, I, I can't, I can't, uh, I, I could look a few up, but I, I can't think of anything. Uh, I can't think of anything specific off the top of my head. But it's just, I think, when somebody's moved by the work that that I've done, you know, sometimes at a show you'll see somebody you know, profoundly moved. You'll see people, somebody in tears and you just think, well, I've, I've really done my job. You know, I've connected with this person in one way or another. And of course, whatever's going on in their interior mind is, is not necessarily part of, you know, it's not something, it's something I've triggered, but it's, it's their world that they're having an emotional response to. But it's, it's that, it's that kind of profound connection with, with a person that's the most gratifying and the most moving thing. Yeah. Anyone who travels on the road performing inevitably has some stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping maybe you can tell us a story about something that's happened to you. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, uh, you know, there are all kinds of things from the guitar getting flown to a different city than the city it was supposed to fly to, to, you know, the great shows, uh, when a show really comes off, it, of course, it's, it's incredibly gratifying. It's, it's the, it's sort of oddball shows that kind of stand out. I mean, uh, I don't know if this will translate to, to, uh, to this kind of communication, but my, uh, you know, I had this gig a couple of years ago. They wanted me to play at this brew house. And it was at the end of a very long tour. I was out for about six weeks. And so I, I, my agent booked me into this brew house and, and the money was good. It was, a you know, one of these kind of trendy, they make their own beer kind of, you know, places. And they wanted me to play from five to seven in the afternoon on a Friday. So it was just people basically coming from directly from work to get drunk, you know, at this bar. <laughs> 
from five to seven. And what I do, you know, what I do is not that kind of gig, but it was, you know, we took it for the money and to, and to also get us from one place to another, you know, hmm. <laughs> so I played, I played, I was playing and, uh, and the place was incredibly noisy. The, you know, the 20 or so fans who showed up to, to really listen, were having even a, having a hard time hearing me over the roar of the crowd. And at one point while I was playing, I was in, I was in mid song, mind you, the, one of the waitresses came over and uh, got right up in my face and said, Hey, would you mind turning it down a little bit? Cause we can hear it all the way on the other side of the room. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, okay, <laughs> okay, just go put a Jimmy Buffett record on. We'll all be happier, you know, and I'll go. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. Tough, tough gig. Those are the ones that you know. Those are the ones that kind of stay with you because they're just so comical afterwards. They don't feel so good in the moment, but they 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 make for good stories. Well, do you think in this life humility is important, or is it more important to be confident? Wow, that's such a tricky. That's such a great question. You know, I re- that, that's a actually that's a really great question because I wrestle with that constantly. Um, I suppose, I suppose, you know, what you, it's a combination of the two things. And it's funny that, you know, most of the performers that I know, you have the, that duality going on at the same time where, you know, for some reason you feel like you're good enough that you, that you deserve to stand in front of people and present the art that you make. On the other hand, you can get knocked off your, your little pedestal so easy, you know, by the waitress coming over and telling you to turn it down because they cause it's yeah. like you're on the other side of the room. But most performers I know, you know, have some kind of a combination of, of those two things. The better performers, I think, keep a sense of humility so that they're always working. They always feel like they have to work to get better. And, you know, if you're, if you're too confident, I think you, you take it for granted. But, of course, you have to present confidence because then the audience gives... Uh, has confidence in you it's a very strange thing to be on stage i mean i don't know if you've ever performed as a as a as a songwriter or as a, as a presenter or to, but to be on stage in front of people and, and performing is a very strange thing because the audience always reflects back to you what you give to them in other words if you're you know if your sense of time is is solid they feel they feel solid they feel that they feel tr- trust in you if you're if you're confident and and rolling through your your stories and your songs with with a lot of confidence, they give they feel confident in you. And at the same time, if you start to you know if you start to flail a little bit or if you lose your uh, lose your momentum or lo- lose your space, they feel that, and they feel you know you know what it's like if you see a performer and you can tell that they're incredibly nervous. You feel nervous for them. Mm-hmm. So it's a very strange dynamic that happens between a performer and an audience. Uh, you know, they do, they absolutely reflect back to you what it is that you, that you give them. So there are nights that are difficult where you, you sort of have to sort of try to present, <laughs> sort of hold your breath and present uh, a sense of confidence, even if you're not feeling confident. And that'll sometimes get you there, you know. Well, what has being on stage taught you? Well, the thing that I just said has been an absolute revelation is that, and 
that same dynamic between an audience and a performer also holds true in just in basic conversation. You know, if you feel confident and relaxed when you're speaking to somebody, they, they feel their confidence in you and they feel relaxed. It was an, absolutely a revelation because I started a little bit late in this. I came to it late and uh, I made my first record when I was 35, which of course is not old at all, but for starting a career in music, it's, it's a bit old. Mm-hmm. And so I had a few, I had a few first years there where, yeah, I had to learn, I had to learn that, that lesson that of how to, how to make an audience put their trust in you. And, um, that was an absolute revelation to me. I didn't, uh, was something that took me a while to understand. Yeah. I remember one time going to see this, this, this concert. It was, I think three total singer songwriters performing back to back. And there was this one guy and I just thought he was incredible. I just thought, wow, this guy is great. And I went out into the lobby and I was going out to, I don't remember what I was doing, but I heard him go up to the merch guy and he said, how many did I sell? And the guy said, none. (laughs) And he looked just so defeated. And I remember wishing I had some, I had money with me so I could buy a CD. Not only because I thought he was great, but just because it was so sad to hear and to see him. So anytime someone is, is an artist, there's potential for, heartbreak you know it's like and not just being an artist a lot of times people will ask me things like well when you send a request to interview somebody what do they say and i tell them well sometimes they don't say anything you know so how do you deal with rejection um well you have to you know i I always you have to have faith in what it is that you're doing and that's what gets you through that's what gets you through the, the rejection and you, you also i think it's important to remember you know what i do is not it's not pop music it's not meant for everybody it's um you know what what i'm curious about is exploring the human condition and i'm explore i'm exploring the world that i i grew up in and the sort of mentality that i grew up in and um you have to have faith that it's an interesting thing when you when you play to an audience sometimes you're playing to an audience and you're and they don't really know you and you're having to win them over and and that's a very different feeling than playing to an audience who came specifically everybody came to hear you it's such a joyous thing when you play a show and, and every you can tell that everybody's there to hear you and they're waiting for particular songs and and uh, that's a very different experience than trying to win an audience and uh you just have to have faith, I think. You have to have faith in, in what you're doing. You have to have faith in the skills that you've built. And um, you have to remember that it's not, for me, I have to remember that it's not for everybody. But there are a certain number of people that are, are going to respond to what it is that I do. And those are the people that I'm focused on. You know, I'm, I'm trying to win those people who can be won over. And... Uh, uh, the, the rejection is hard. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting life. You know, it's, it's not a, um, I say the highs are very, very high and the lows are very, very low. When you have a bad gig, when you don't play well, or when you don't play well in the audience or the audience doesn't respond to you uh, the way that you hope, 
oh, you just feel you feel really defeated, and you feel like, well, that's as good as I am until I get to play again. Hmm. <laughs> You're only as good as your last show, you know. <laughs> and uh, and you, but it's it's beautiful in that way, that being a live performer, because you get to you get to do it again. You know, you get a couple of days later or a day later, you get to do it again, and you get to you get to regain your confidence and and take another swing at it. You know. Would you say that there are any themes that, when you're writing, they constantly go through your music? Yeah, yeah. I touched on it earlier, but there's a a theme of de- of defiance that that runs through the that runs through the albums. You know, a lot of people kid me about, and I and I joke myself. You know, I call the tour the circus of misery and heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 90 minutes of bummers one after another. Um, but, but, you know, I've, the themes are, you know, finding your place in the world and, and, and holding on to that. And, and that search to find a genuine place for yourself, to feel, to feel authentic walking through the world, to feel like you're living a life that is true for, for you. And also, a sense of a sense of defiance you know I, i've always gravitated towards and you can tell by the people that i mentioned you know earlier you know talking about the clash and being enormously moved by that kind of you know that kind of anger and and straightforwardness and i like people who fight for their place in the world and and that's a that's a that's a theme that run through all nine records and uh you know, it's we're all in this together, and and though people can be very, very different and have very different personalities, in the end, we're all struggling with the same things. You know, we're all struggling with our own our own confidence to one degree or another. I mean, mm-hmm. some people some people are no, enormously confident and enormously competent, and have worked incredibly hard to get to that place too. But we're all we're all struggling with the same things. And uh, so that also runs through the records, you know, a sense of whatever heartbreak or, or hardship that you've been through. You're not alone. You know, there's other people who have, who have suffered those same those same struggles. And those are a lot of times the songs that are most moving to people in, in, in the show. Yeah. What do you hope that people say about you when you're not around? <laughs> it's funny that you asked that because I thought that very same thing when I uh, was on the flight home. It's, it's a, I, I had that exact thought, and the answer that I the answer that popped into my head was, "I do not care. I want to experience this. The I want to experience the rest of my life fully and intentionally, and I want to have interactions with people." that are meaningful and I want to continue to explore the human condition in both its light and dark phases. And, um, that's what I'm interested in. You know, I mean, you can name the most famous person in the world right now and a hundred years from now they'll be gone and nobody will, will, people will barely remember them. Of course we have, you know, all the, all these kind of recordings and, and, and different sort of media, you know, collections to look, to look back on now that we, that you didn't have a hundred years ago or 150 years ago, but I don't really, I don't really care. I want to, you know, I, I'm not trying to, 
I'm not really, I'm not trying to live, I'm not trying to leave a legacy and I don't really think about that. I'm, you know, I'm thinking about the next gig. I play Friday night in St. Louis and that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about whoever shows up to that gig. I want to give them, them give them the best, most honest show that I can possibly give them. And the same with the books, you know, uh, I want to write stories that are, that move people that are, that are meaningful to people that they see themselves reflected in, whether they be dark or light. So. You don't ever think about some guy, some kid or whoever a hundred years from now, perhaps <laughs> listening to one of your songs. Um, I don't, I really don't No, I don't, I don't hmm. think about it. You know, I, I have a, I have a very small career with a, an incredibly loyal audience. The loyalty that my audience has for me is, is, is really moving to me and uh, the support that I get. I mean, people, people leap to, to help me do the thing that I do, whether it's monetarily or, you know, housing me or, you know, in, offering to help with all kinds of different ways, you know, endless list of different ways. And, uh, I just feel an enormous gratitude. You know, I did construction for 18 years. I, I was hanging, hanging and finishing sheetrock for 18 years, 18 really hard, miserable years. And not to say that I was miserable the entire time, but that is a really, really hard job. And, uh, you know, I wasn't exactly built for it mentally, I had to sort of learn how to be, how to be tough, you know, how to handle myself on the job. Some of the companies that I worked for were rougher than others and, and uh, it can be a rough world there, you know? And so I never felt fully at home. I always felt like I had one foot in one world and one foot in the other world. Hmm. So to have both feet in this world now, I'm just, and just enormously grateful. It's incredible to me that I get to make a living doing this. Having the perspective that you do, what is the best thing about being Rod Picot? Um, just have—I think having an having an audience, having an ear, having an ear out there in the world. After all those years of working towards it slowly, methodically, and coming from a place where I. I didn't have a lot of natural talent. You know, it took me years to find my voice as a singer. It took me years to find my voice as a writer. Just to know that there's an audience out there, whatever size it is, that's waiting and interested in, in what I have to offer uh, is an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing to me when I think about it. How do you define Rod Picot? <laughs> I'm a hammer. <laughs> I'm a hammer. I'm a I'm a I'm a workhorse, you know. That's that's what, that's what I would say and and if you would ask anybody any of my close friends they would say the same thing. And like I said earlier, I got home at 11 o'clock last night and I was up at 6 and working at 7. So, I never stop working. I absolutely love it. I'm engaged by it. I'm engaged by all the pieces of it. You know, not just the writing, not just the playing, not just the shows, but, you know, making my list and working through the things that need to be done. I find it all very, 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 very satisfying. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a hammer. 
You're inspiring. Oh, that's a nice thing to say. That's a nice thing to say. Thank you, Paul. You have the microphone here, and what I mean by that is, in closing, I would just let you say whatever you want to our audience, wherever they might be. Ah, right. Well, I would just say, uh, uh, you know, if you, I would say you, in terms of, uh, I guess the thing that jumps into my mind is to just, uh, I think that people should try to live live the life that they that they authentically feel inside you know and that uh the world is a big enough place to to hold to hold uh anybody's dreams and anybody's desires and um i also think too it's important to surround yourself with people that make you feel capable of doing the things that you want to do that's very important you can be dragged down by people who can make you feel smaller and i i think that it's important to be surrounded by people who make you feel like a make you feel bigger and make you feel competent and make you feel capable of of doing the things uh, that you want to do in life what, whether they're small things like you know growing some tomatoes in your backyard or whether they're making a piece of art i think that that's an important thing i didn't warn you about this and do not feel any pressure for me no pressure whatsoever but would you like to play a song for our listeners? Oh, sure. Um, I'd have to tune my guitar. My guitar is all detuned because I, I just got off the airplane. Soon. 
souvenirs get sold And your bedtime story is told The heads bow and the hands fold Down to the bone, down to the bone I'm gonna love you down to the bone When all the mockingbirds have flown Baby, dance to the bone. It's rain on the blacktop, rain on your face. It's raining all over this goddamn place. It's trying to wash away the very last trace. All your summer beauty and grace So when the matchstick starts to flicker In the bag of seeds is sown I hope I'm still a glimmer in your eye When I'm dead and gone And I'm on my way home down to the bone, down to the bone I'm gonna love you down to the bone And all the mockingbirds have flown Baby, down to the bone That crack in my voice was the 24 hours I was awake. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. Thank you. Very yeah. captivating. Well, Rod, thank you very much for making the time to do this. Thanks for talking with us. Thanks for playing us a song. It was wonderful. I thank you, Paul. I'm, I'm enormously grateful. I, I know there's only so much room. There's only so, so many people you can talk to. So I'm enormously grateful. And it was a great conversation. You had great questions. Really, really really tops yeah thank you very much my pleasure so all the listeners can visit rodpicot.com i'm going to spell the last name p-i-c-o-t-t and they can find out all about you and get more involved yeah all the all the tour dates are up there and there are some videos that are easy to find if you want to just kind of check it out and see if it's your kind of thing and uh yeah everything's out there on the website you can even if you want to get on the email list, you can do that and you get a free download, a song downloads right to your computer. And uh, it's a good, very simple website, but it works well. So, Rod, I'm shaking your hand. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Happy trails. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Paul Leslie Hour is hosted, produced, and written by Paul Leslie for Lifestyles Entertainment. For information, visit thepaulleslie.com. Thank you for being with us. Until next time.